This is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. Jeff Bezos is my daddy, and the best way to support my daddy is by going to boardwalkaudio.com slash oncomedyright and click the supporter artist button, shop on Amazon like Earlywood, and I get a little kickback. Please feed the daddy. <laughs> This week's episode of Uncomedy Writing is brought to you by the Satire and Humor Festival. There's a brand new festival in New York, and it's coming up March 22nd to Mar- through March 24th at Caveat and Magnet Theater. It's the Satire and Humor Festival. It focuses on the kind of written humor and satire pieces you would see in places like McSweeney's, The New Yorker, The Belladonna, and Points in Case. It's run by two former uh, OCW guests, uh, Caitlin Kunkel and James Fulta. The festival has six workshops, panels ranging from diversity in the field to how people went on to write for TV, and a panel on writing, selling, and marketing humor books. Uh, that sounds great. You know, it seems like a great thing for uh, people who listen to this podcast. It also seems like, I think it's during a spring break, maybe. I, I should know. I do have spring break, but I don't think it's during mine. Uh, the festival will feature Emma Allen, the editor of The New Yorker's Shouts and Murmurs, as well as the cartoons... Uh, right. Oh, sorry. I read that wrong. She edits the Shouts and Murmurs as well as the cartoons. Writers from McSweeney's, Full Frontal, Late Night with Seth Meyers, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, and more. Check out their website, www.satireandhumor.com, for festival passes and one-off tickets to events. Hey, I recommend it. Uh, go go do it. Sound, uh, if You know, when I was in college and it was during my spring break, this would definitely be something I would have done. Uh, because I am a comedy nerd, which honestly, if you're listening to this, you have to be, why would you listen to this? If you weren't, it would be funny if someone didn't like comedy, but listen to this, uh, it would be weird. I guess my friends are kind of like that. I'm kind of rambling here, but saturnhumor.com. Go check that out. Her festival passes when I tickets to events, check it out. On comedy writing. Thanks for downloading this episode of On Comedy Writing, the podcast about the business of craft of writing comedy. I'm your host, Alan Johnson. Our guest this week is Lucas Gardner. He's written many online hero pieces in places like The New Yorker and McSweeney's. He's self-published two humor novels, which is very cool and very interesting to talk about. And he's written on Miracle Workers, which is airing right now. So here is Lucas Gardner. Uh, Lucas, thanks for coming to the show. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Uh, where are you from originally? Uh, I grew up in uh, Rochester, New York, and then I did my last two years of college in Buffalo, New York, and then moved here in uh, 2013, 2014, something uh-huh. like that. Big uh, New York State guy. Yeah, yeah, my whole life, East Coast. Uh, what's, uh, what's like the... Um, I've never been to like upstate New York. Yeah, it's... Uh, uh, it's it's bigger than people think. It's mostly it's huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, most of the state is uh, rural. So I I grew up in uh, a suburb just outside of the city, mm-hmm. and then um, Buffalo is more of a you know, obviously a bigger city than Rochester. So right. that's a little bit more uh, closer to you know, a little bit closer to feeling like a you know a real city. I yeah, guess. Yeah. yeah. When did you uh, first get interested in comedy? Um, pretty young, I think. Um, I think probably the first thing that I really liked was the um, the first wave of Adult Swim shows. I think I was oh, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, like 10 or 11 when that came out. Actually, even before that, I really loved uh, Space Ghost Coast to Coast, which kind of, I guess, paved the way for Adult yeah. Swim. So uh, though that, that first wave of those shows I really, really loved. And then I guess in like high school, I got into, I guess, the, you know, seminal, uh, you know, comedy nerds that like Mr. Mm-hmm. Show and Stella I liked a lot. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I guess a pretty long time, uh, space ghost. When I first saw it, uh, it scared the hell out of me. Yeah, it was, uh, I remember I must've been like seven when that show was on. And I remember even at that age watching, watching it and thinking like, yeah, I don't think TV is supposed to be like this. Yeah. It always felt like they were getting away with something. It, it oftentimes was very, very scary and upsetting, but I thought it was so funny. I, I yeah I, have to, I haven't seen that in such a long time. I, I think I'm gonna go back and check that. It's out. really fun. It really holds up, especially uh, as it goes on. I think in like the final season, uh, it's probably the weirdest one, and it's probably my favorite. Maybe not the final one, but maybe the the second to last. I don't even know if they had seasons of that show. Right. I feel like it just <laughs> when they wanted to make it, they made it. But yeah, the later episodes are really really good. Uh, I always 
Whenever someone talks about the Adult Swim, I feel like I have these ticks now on this podcast where I just talk about a show randomly. Uh-huh. I always think about Assy McGee. Assy ever... McGee was, was great. I love that. Every time I mention that, you're the first person who knows what oh, Assy really? McGee is. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think by that time I had maybe like stopped following uh, Adult Swim fanatically, but mm-hmm. I did like Assy McGee a lot. I still think about it sometimes and laugh. I mean. It's a show about a talking ass. It's funny. Yeah, talking ass detective. <laughs> he got two seasons. Can you imagine uh, it's that? Crazy. <laughs> that yeah. is nuts that had two seasons. Uh, were you like doing any comedy stuff growing up? Um, no, I kind of. I always wanted to, but I didn't really have the confidence until, I guess, college. Actually, I guess it's kind of embarrassing, but whatever. I was young. I remember in high school, I used to. Uh, the first writing I did, I would write. Uh, like fan fiction for shows that I like, oh, nice. which is humiliating to admit, but it's <laughs> it's long enough ago that I'm okay with uh, admitting that I used yeah. to do it. And they they weren't sexual, were they? No, 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 no. <laughs> that would they be were... <laughs> that'd be much crazier to admit that. <laughs> they were, uh, yeah. I would uh, write like episodes of shows and um, put them on like message boards and stuff. <laughs> and I I hope to God that they're not still out there. I'm sure they were terrible, but I used to really love it. Me and my friends were really into Scrubs in middle school. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we were big Zach Braff fans. Oh, wow. Uh, and there was a Zach Braff message board, and we'd post on it all, like, a lot, which is that, that is actually very embarrassing. <laughs> to the point where there was, like, he directed a Dunkin' Donuts commercial, oh, yeah? and he also voiced the dog. And I watched it on TV, and I was like, that's Zach Braff. I posted it on the forum, and they deleted it, and, like, the mods deleted it, and they messaged, like, hey, Zach doesn't want this coming out yet. What? And so then, like, a couple days later, he announced it. So that's how much of a Zach Braff fanatic I was at the time. It's also weird that he like, was keeping tabs on uh, his own fan forum and, like, <laughs> right. policing it for, <laughs> for Directing leaks. a Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> commercial. Uh, another part of that, and this might not be interesting to anybody, but they, um, they did, like, a contest once, mm-hmm. and... Uh, the more times you posted, the more likely you were to like the more like number like chance you had to get the prize. Uh-huh. And it was like a like a Zach Braff signed DVD <laughs> or something. And I remember that month specifically, I posted a lot, uh-huh. and uh, I didn't I didn't get it. And I think I posted something really mean about it, like in the in the forum, and I got blocked. Oh uh, no! I, well, I was an eighth grader being such a dick. Um, and then I tried to find the form recently. I couldn't find it. Oh, scrubbed wonder. maybe. Oh, that's too bad. Or they just did my IP number. I can't. I can't access it. Something like that. Uh, where, so where did you go to college? Uh, well, I did. Um, I did my first two years at a, a community college. I studied cinema at a community college. Which, mm-hmm. man, my poor parents. Uh, I can't imagine having your kid <laughs> tell you that you want to uh, study cinema. At community college but, um there's this college called monroe community college and then they do this program uh called the two plus two where you you do it for two years and then you transfer to uh a suny school mm-hmm. so then i went to suny buffalo for my last two years okay cool mm-hmm. did you know what you so you did you, you wanted to do film uh kind of i knew i wanted to do comedy stuff and uh i chose at, at buffalo i did media productions like camera work and editing and i chose that because i figured it was kind of a compromise where if I, I could, you know, like if I, I I could make like, you know, funny shorts and stuff. But, you know, if that didn't work out, I would still have somewhat of a practical skill. Like I could like edit or freelance. But uh, I pretty quickly realized I didn't like I don't like uh, filmmaking. It's too <laughs> it's just too hard. I don't really have the patience for you know like setting up and working with such a big team. So uh, but I stuck with it anyway. But uh, towards the end, I just really got into uh pretty much just the writing yeah filmmaking is uh does suck it's a lot yeah, of work it's, it's and a lot of a not fun work yeah it's it's a ton of work and it's also i i would feel i always felt bad like getting people to help me with things that i wasn't sure were going to be good and right. like, waste people's time it just feels bad you know so yeah i kind of i kind of fell out of it uh and so uh when did you start like writing pieces uh for online uh i think right after i moved here or maybe right before I moved here, so like you know, twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen mm-hmm. is when I started submitting to like you know, Mix Sweeney's and the New Yorker and stuff. Mm-hmm. What what prompted uh, doing that? I don't know. I think I just uh, it was the easiest way to get stuff out there because I I always wanted to write television, but you know, you could write a script and then it's like, well, no one's ever gonna see it unless right. you have uh, an agent somehow, and so it just seemed like a good way to just get stuff out there. Were you writing like television uh, samples and stuff at the time? Yeah, I did. I uh, I had, I think I, oh no, you know what? I didn't. I, I started doing the, the print stuff and then eventually when I was able to like 
you know, work with an agent, then I was like, okay, so now I'll, I can start writing scripts and at least people will, at least I'll get sent around. Mm-hmm. So that's when I really started to like focus on pilots and stuff. How did you uh, start writing online? Like what was like your process? Uh, I don't know. I just, um, I just, uh, just wrote a bunch of pieces and just kept sending them until uh, I, I got one. But I remember I got pretty lucky. I think like the first thing I sent, or maybe the first or second thing I sent to McSweeney's was accepted, so I got all excited. Uh, but then, then my next like ten were rejected. So I, it yeah. was like a uh, an early high, and then I just wanted to, uh, you know, keep putting stuff out there. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the process was. I just started writing stuff and sending it out. How do you how do you uh, deal with that rejection? Because I'm sure that comes up all the time, especially online humor writing, but just in general. Well. Uh, uh, I don't know if if something gets rejected. There's you know there's a lot of places you can send. So you kind of you send it to like the top tier sites, and then they say no, and then you yeah. work your way down to uh, <laughs> you know sites that uh, you don't necessarily brag about <laughs> being published in. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. You just shrug it off and write something else, I guess. Mm-hmm. What do you like the for- about the form of like online um, prose comedy that's different from like live comedy? Uh, I don't know. I I like um, little things like just even just playing with like um, like punctuation and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, it's really fun if you can write uh, like um, I guess like classic classically structured jokes and work them into humor pieces. I think like oh interesting. Uh, a good um, I'm always it's always really fun when there's like a really good misdirection in a piece, and there's just a lot of fun ways to play with. Uh, to you know play with the format and i'm a big fan of uh uh like run on sentences i think are really funny and i think everything i've ever written has at least one really (laughs) long meandering sentence but usually those get uh edited out and i'm always a little bummed out but yeah i don't know why do you think you like the run on sentences i don't know i think it's it's funny when uh uh, the narrator because all of my pieces are um i never do like uh what's uh what's the word um uh, I'm omnipotent narrator or whatever. It's always kind of like from a person's perspective, like my perspective. And I guess my character in prose pieces is very dumb. So it's always very funny when he mm-hmm. kind of like loses it in the middle of a piece and kind of unravels and right. then like has to pull it back, to, pull it back together in the next sentence. I don't know. It's just really funny to me too. Uh, I've knew, I, I like uh, just dumb characters in general. I feel like it's not, I feel like you're told not to do that, right? Yeah, kind of. I I think uh, a lot of like prose humor is kind of, a lot of it can be like stuffy and right. uh, polite, you know. And uh, I think that's really not necessarily my sense of humor. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think I'm just a dumb guy, and I like really yeah. dumb humor. And I'm always really delighted when I get something really, really stupid published in right. like a you know smart publication. It always <laughs> <laughs> it always feels really good. But it's even like with um, I feel like with scripts and stuff like TV and mm-hmm. movies and stuff, they, it's always like you don't want to have like a a dumbass at the center. Yeah, I know. It's uh, I guess I guess you're right. I guess uh, yeah. When, what's what's the last great stupid protagonist? I I'm not even sure. Like Anchorman, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Probably something since then, but, but I, I don't I'm know. thinking on like TV. Oh, TV. Yeah, I think the last great one was uh, uh. Philip J. Fry from Futurama. That's my favorite uh, oh, dumb protagonist. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, he was very stupid too. Maybe Family Guy, I guess too. That's in the same. Yeah, area. yeah, yeah. I don't know. You know, who knows? Family Guy. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I liked it when I was uh, in high school. Yeah, I was back when Assy McGee days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I imagine with these um, humor pieces, you often don't have a deadline. How do you like push yourself to to finish them? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I really like doing it. It's I really. Uh, it's really just fun to do, so I don't never really have to push myself. I like look forward to being able to sit down and do them. So it's never mm-hmm. like I never uh, feel any pressure to like crank one out. It's just mm-hmm. I, I want to. So uh, how much time do you spend on like figuring out like the headline? Uh, I don't know. I that's always like the first thing I do. A lot of um, I think it's really productive to do a lot of like uh, free writing where you just. Uh, sit down and just don't think just start writing and mm-hmm. write sentences and then a lot of the times you'll just I'll, I'll write a sentence and i'm like oh okay this this is kind of like a headline and then kind of work from there oh interesting yeah yeah i think i think that's a really if you uh you know want to write but nothing's coming to you just sit down and just start free writing it really i think it really works 
So have, has that like process like happened where you like literally wrote like a sentence in your free writing that turned into like a, well, a piece? Uh, yeah, I wrote. Uh, I I've self-published a couple novels, and the first novel came from just a sentence. Um, oh really? Yeah, and I, it just started there, and I was like, oh, there's something to this, and then it, it I started writing it, and it became a novel that I that wow. I'm really proud of. Yeah. What's so What's your, like, your process for free writing? Do, do you try to do like every day or? I try to, yeah. Um, if I don't have, if I don't already have an idea for a piece that I'm working on, or if mm-hmm. I'm not working anyth- on anything else, I'll just sit down and just start doing it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always work. You don't always get something out of it, but it's definitely better than just waiting for an idea to right. just pop into your head. And do you do it for like twenty minutes and then? I stop? try to I try to do uh, at least like a half hour a day because uh-huh. you. I mean, if you're just sitting and writing and not thinking, that's a lot of. If you do it for a half hour, you'll fill. Yeah. You'll you'll write like twenty pages and. Sometimes there's a, a good idea in there. And you do it by hand? Uh, no, no, not anymore. I, oh. I do. I I have a a Google Doc that I do it in, and I never I never delete the yeah, stuff. Yeah. So it's like hundreds of pages, and it's just insane. It's just like ramblings. Whoa, because, that's that's, that's yeah. kind of cool though. That's awesome. <laughs> that's fun. I uh, I went back and reread it a couple days ago, and it just sounds like ramblings because a lot of the times the sentences aren't even like full sentences. Right. You'll start writing a sentence and then just <laughs> start writing a new one and. Yeah, it's it it reads like um like a weird diatribe that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I bet oftentimes I bet people who do free writing or, or when they first start out, they struggle to just like keep going. Yeah, that's I think the trick is to just do not don't don't stop. Yeah. Just just keep typing even if it doesn't make any sense. And do, and do you are you th- you're not really thinking too hard. No, not yeah. at all. Yeah, like, right. It's yeah. just it's just uh just like word salad sometimes. Yeah. That's really cool. I'm, I'm a, I think I might. I, I used to free write a little bit uh, mm-hmm. in college, but I think I might. Yeah, this might inspire me to get back into it. It's really fun. I, yeah, I, it's it's like, even if it's not productive, it's weirdly uh, like relaxing because you yeah. you can you can kind of shut your brain off and, and free write, and it's like a weird, uh, um, a weird relaxing thing. I really like. I do it like before bed a lot. And, oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's also fun just to write like gibberish. Yeah. Oh, it's really fun. Yeah. Even if. It, uh, <laughs> sometimes just like two words together like th- there's it's not an idea but it's like oh that's like a that's like a beautiful like a, a cellar door type of thing you know right <laughs> it's just like a beautiful two words there's nothing to it but yeah yeah i've always wanted to get into linguistics because i find like words very funny mm-hmm. uh but i never have but i feel like i should do that because <laughs> i feel like it would it would help me with writing and stuff yeah me too but uh, yeah, just not not gonna do it. Maybe I'll have a uh, Noam Chomsky on <laughs> yeah, yeah. talk about comedy and linguistics. Yeah, he's funny. <laughs> uh, so, so once you have an idea, what are your, like your steps to like writing it? Uh, I don't know. I uh, I I never I never uh, I'm not a big fan of planning or um, like sitting down and trying to figure out like what's the structure. I I just like to. Uh, I think it's way more fun to just start writing it and just see where it goes and then. You have to do a lot of editing later, but I think it's it's really fun to just sit down and crank out a draft. Don't think too much about it, and then polish it. I think that's that's just more fun to do it that way. What's your favorite humor piece you've written? Oh boy, that's a that's a tough question. I think it's um it's uh one for the New Yorker. Uh, it's a piece about a guy who uh, joined the witness protection program because he witnessed a, a mob murder. And, you know, witness protection, they move you, like, across the country, and they assign you a job. But he was moved to Los Angeles and assigned the job to write the new Fast and Furious movie. (laughs) Um, So he's just like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know why you guys gave me this job. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, That's that's probably my favorite. That's really funny. (laughs) It's also funny, like, in The New Yorker, just it's like... (laughs) Yeah, that's that's what I was talking about, where... Uh, like a really dumb, silly thing in a publication like The New Yorker mm-hmm. always feels really good to, to like pull that off like like you're getting away with something. Yeah. It's it's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> what would be your advice to people trying to get into like online humor writing? Uh I don't know. It's it's probably a boring cliche answer, but just uh write a lot and just mm-hmm. um send send a lot of stuff and you know, something'll hit eventually. Mm-hmm. How much? How much do you read of humor writing, like today, even? Uh, not probably not as much as I should. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to I try to keep up, but um, and I'm also I maybe I, I maybe don't love a lot of like 
stuff that gets published, maybe one out of every 10 things. Mm-hmm. But I try to uh, at least keep up, you know. So I, I should read more, but uh, not not a ton. Well, it's interesting because like right now I feel like there's so much political stuff. There's so much of a want for that. Yeah. And so it's like... I don't know. I mean, it's less fun. It's like it's way less fun than the Fast and Furious screenwriter. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I definitely appreciate good topical stuff, and there are people who are really good at it. Um, but uh, it can be exhausting. Sometimes you just don't want to think anymore about the news. I know that's like a cliche at this point of people saying, oh, "I'm just sick of hearing about this stuff." But mm-hmm. uh, you know, sometimes you just want to. I want to read something really stupid, and it kind of takes me out of the the real world. But uh, I do really, really appreciate when someone is good at topical stuff. I can't do it. I, I've tried a couple of topical pieces, and they're just they're very bad. So I just <laughs> I gave up on trying to be a, a smart writer who has any uh, anything to to really say. Do you ever uh, when you when you write something and then you see it like posted online? Mm-hmm. Do you ever wonder if people just read the headline and then like retweet? Like, yeah, oh, that's yeah. a funny headline, and then leave. Yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure with like the Onion and stuff. Right. I, I wonder how many. I'm sure they have like. Um, a, a department that has like stats on how how many people are like clicking on the article, but I always wonder how many people are reading the full thing. I always do because there's always mm-hmm. there's always like a couple really good jokes in any onion piece that you know you don't want to miss by just reading the headline right. and not reading the, the piece. But yeah, I do I do wonder about that. There's a, an onion piece. It was written by Seth Reese that mm-hmm. was like uh, about like bike socks, bike socks, and then. Um, and it was like whatever it was fine for like the first half and then the it turned into like them talking about having a threesome <laughs> and it's like truly the most insane onion like uh left turn i, I don't i think they've maybe the only time they've ever done something like that oh yeah i'm gonna, uh, look, that, I'm gonna look that up yeah it's really funny i'll send it to you after this but yeah. it's really great I, it's always funny when they have uh sometimes they they end up being really long and i know this is like i'm we're just talking about the onion but there's a piece uh i think the headline is uh Man passes away after a six-month battle with huge gorilla or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> and then it's like, maybe I'm not remembering this correctly, but I, I'm pretty sure it's like really, really long about this guy's like heartbreaking battle with a gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, uh, when when Scalia died, there was an mm-hmm. article like, uh, Antonin Scalia dies after 40-year battle with progress. <laughs> That's that's actually, I don't even think it was an article. I think it was just a picture, like one of those, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Picture. Yeah, um, I that that stuff is so hard. I I'm not very good at like uh, satire stuff. Those guys are, yeah, are, are so good at it. But I I don't. I'm definitely not cut out for that kind of writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you talked about you've written multiple books. Yeah, I, I've uh, self published uh, two now, and hopefully a third will be. Uh, I'm tr- gonna try to get it out next year. So how did you get started doing that? That was just. Um, I I had like had some uh, some good luck with you know the little humor pieces and getting published. So I I guess I was just feeling more confident and I wanted to write something longer. And um, like I said, the first one began with just a sentence, and then I just um, I started writing it. I I didn't know it was going to be a novel. I thought maybe like a short story that you know I would do nothing with. You know, it's just something that was fun for me to write. And then just I just like had enough legs to me, and I just kept going and. I, uh, I don't know. I'm really proud of it. It's very, uh, it's a very, very dumb book, and I don't think it's like a, I don't think it's a good book. But I, <laughs> I do think it's funny. I think uh, mm-hmm. I wish, I wish more people would read it. It's hard to convince people that a book is funny or a novel is funny because there's not a ton of like you know, funny, funny novels. Yeah. There's like, you know, amusing like humorous novels. Mm-hmm. But I, I wanted to try to write one that was uh, you know, like funny and had joke like you know a couple jokes on every page and. A, Hopefully, I pulled it off. I'm really proud of it, and not a ton of people read it. But <laughs> <laughs> what what are your favorite like funny novels? Oh, I don't know. Uh, Jack Handy's is the best. Um, oh, you wrote a novel? Yeah, The Stench of Honolulu. Is, oh, uh, I, I didn't know that. It's it it kind of, when I read that, I was like, okay, so it is possible to write a a, mm. f- a truly funny novel. I mean, it's he he's my favorite uh, comedy writer, I think, and that book is so funny, and you could read it in um, you know a couple hours. It's just. It's Jack Handy, so it's just joke after joke after yeah. joke, and it it's barely a novel. I mean, there's no, there's barely a story to it, but you don't care. It's just it, it's funny enough that you don't want to stop reading. Mm-hmm. I recently uh, reread a, a Confederacy of Dunces. Yeah, and that is a funny book. I mean, it's probably not the same way you're, you're talking or thinking about mm-hmm. it because that's like it's not joke after joke after joke. Sure, but it is. Uh, I think it is the funniest uh, novel I've read. 
Yeah, I think I, I think I started reading that uh, in a cu- couple summers ago and didn't. I, I enjoyed it, but it's just one of those books where I, I took too long of a break right. and just never went back to it. Mm-hmm. I, but uh, yeah, I gotta finish. I always hear that uh, cited as like a, a, a funny novel, and yeah. I gotta. They're always talking about making it into a movie, and they never. They yeah, never wasn't can. it going to be a, a Zach Galifianakis? Uh, so, I think it, so. Originally, it was going to be a John Candy movie, mm. and then I think he died. I think that's what happened. And then Chris Farley, then he died. I think. Oh, jeez. Then it was Will Ferrell. He's alive, but yeah. uh, it, it fell through. And then Zach Galifianakis, uh-huh. and I think it's fallen through again. And then uh, didn't I hear uh, like Nick Offerman was uh, possibly? They did a. Else? They did a uh, a theatrical. A okay. play, a play version um, in Boston with Nick Offerman. I gotcha. Okay. Apparently, it was very bad. Oh, really? So that's why. They, they oh, that's too bad. I, yeah, I, he's great. He's good. But uh, oh, uh, uh, regarding funny novels, I, I would recommend uh, John Swartzwelder's novels. Those are very, very funny. Who is he? John Swartzwelder. He's um, he's familiar. He's this uh, legendary Simpsons writer, and uh, oh yes, he's he's so fun to read about. Uh-huh. He's he was like famously reclusive. Yeah, he, yeah. he would write from home. He wasn't in the writers' room. He would uh, just come and drop off script scripts, and by everyone's account, they were perfect and never needed any edit. <laughs> he was just this reclusive genius who uh, didn't want anything to do with you know being in the writers' room. He was just that, and he was good enough that they let him just uh, go yeah. go do whatever you want, just keep writing, and it's. He's he's very fun to read about in his novels. After The Simpsons, he started uh, self-publishing novels um, about this character Frank Burley, who uh, he's like a detective, and uh, they're they're very very funny. If you like you know classic Simpsons, you you gotta read them. They're great. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll check that out for yeah, sure. Yeah, and those are also you know you can read them in like a day, and mm-hmm. they they breeze by. Uh, so when you when you finish writing the book, are you thinking? I'm going to try to send this somewhere. No, I mean, the book is, um, I, I knew, I, I didn't think anyone would publish it. It's very, like I said, it's not a good book. It's very sloppy on purpose. Okay. Um, lots of those run-on sentences, lots of, like, bad, uh, uh, bad um, uh, you know, lack of, like, proper punctuation and stuff, just because mm-hmm. sometimes it's funny. And right. So I knew, like, you know, no one's going to take this, and I, I never had any hopes of, I never even sent it anywhere. I just put it out. And, uh, you know, I just figured, like, I had enough uh, friends, you know, and, like, people online who who follow me and stuff that, you know, maybe I would sell a couple copies. And I did okay, but, um, yeah, I, I don't really, like, I don't really know how to promote a book. I kind of, I, I really wrote it just because it was so much fun to write it, and I, I kind of didn't care if anyone, if anyone ever read it, because it was, it really was the most fun I ever had, so... I just put it up and sometimes people, you know, sometimes I get like two people a month who buy it and <laughs> hopefully they, hopefully they like it cuz I'm really proud of it. It's funny that you mentioned you don't know how to promote a book because I have a guest on who've written books mm-hmm. and I feel like uh they get like no help from publishers or anything. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh I don't really know how how you properly uh advertise a, a funny book. I I barely tried. I just yeah. tweet it. I would like tweet about it when it came out and mm-hmm. um Sometimes post like I post excerpts on you know Twitter or on my website and stuff to hopefully entice people to buy it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I didn't have any kind of strategy. I just, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't do a, a great job with uh, <laughs> with uh, convincing people to read it. But well, I don't. I, yeah, it's just I don't know if there is a a way. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. Because I know I, I like I had a guest on who was talking about um, he he wanted to do readings mm-hmm. of the book. And it was like I think it was published by like some some it was it was definitely published by some company I don't know if it was like a big company but they wouldn't pay for him to go anywhere mm. so he would have to he would say okay I'm gonna be in this city then like okay we'll schedule something there mm. so he like paid his own way to do his book tour oh he had the cell phone to book tour the cell phone to book tour <laughs> oh, that's yeah too bad. yeah it was funny because I uh, if if you write a book your uh, your friends will be proud of you and they'll buy it <laughs> but if you write two books. Uh, the second one, they'd be like, well, I bought his first one. Because you know? <laughs> uh, the second one I put out, I think, sold, like, half as many copies as the first one. And I think that's just because, like, the novelty had worn off to, like, my friends or whatever. And they're like, well, I, you know, I bought I the see. first one. I'm not going to buy another one. <laughs> <laughs> what are what are the steps to self-publishing a book? Uh, well, I did it through this, uh, this service called CreateSpace, which was Amazon's um, self-publishing service. And I actually don't know if it's still around, but... Um, 
it was actually very, very easy. You just, you know, you upload a PDF and then the only thing that was kind of tricky was uh, a cover. I, I had my friend Mikey Heller, who's a really good illustrator, uh, illustrate the cover. And I, I like I kind of made him figure out like it's like, I don't know what size I need. Can, right. you, just, <laughs> can you figure it out? Uh, so he helped me with that. And then, um, yeah, and then you order like a proof and you uh, you read it for um, like typos and grammatical errors. I ordered my first proof and then like uh, gave it out to friends to like, you know, find any typos and stuff uh, or just give any feedback and then uh, edit it and then order a new proof and just keep reading it over and over until finally you read it once through and you don't you don't see anything that you want to change. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's, it's really fun. It, and it was uh, surprisingly easy to to self-publish through mm-hmm. through that service, but I don't think it's around anymore. Did did they like uh, take care of like like uh, ship shipping? Every, I mean, did they do like? Uh, no. So you uh, you mean when you order like a proof? Yeah. No. Or no, I'm saying when you order like I've been saying like even like today. Oh yeah, they um they you know they just like take a cut out of um every, yeah. yeah of your profits and that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it's fun and you can. When you self-publish like that, you can like pick your own price, and you can. Um, I think uh, uh, the ebook you can even make free because um, Amazon doesn't like lose any money by having someone buy like buy a free ebook. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know they can't, you can't have like a zero dollar book because then right. they have to. Yeah. There's no money for them to to take out. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's really fun. So the first book you wrote was quietly from afar. Mm-hmm. And is is that a parody of of like a western? Not really. I don't like to call it a parody of westerns because I think there's a there's like an, enough of those, and a lot of them aren't like really good. Right. And I'm not like a huge western fan. It was just a a, a fun world to put this uh, character. In. I had just been kind of developing this character, this guy who's um uh I guess he's really stupid, but uh, just by being the loudest guy in the room and not going away and knowing who to manipulate, he's able to like weasel his way into powerful positions. Um, so the the first one is he just kind of up and decides one day to uh, uh, try to try to make it as a cowboy in the American West. So he <laughs> just kind of uh, moves to the West and just I guess does his best imitation of what he thinks a cowboy is. But over time, he like kind of. Um, weasels his way into a mayor position and sinks this town and just keeps going from town to town <laughs> and just ruining people's lives. That's fun. Yeah, it's a very uh, destructive, dumb character who's uh, in some ways is like very smart, you know, when he mm-hmm. has to be. And I don't know, it's a really fun character. So. You like a Confederacy of Dunces. I think ca- so. That's I, kind of what that character is. Yeah, that's uh, people have like made that comparison. Oh, really? I'm like, that's, that's great because I know that people like that book. I don't know if I... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and it's like... Uh, People have called it like a, uh, like similar to uh, the Don Quixote character, right. and uh, that's another one where I'm like, great, haven't read it, but I know people <laughs> like it. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I didn't, I wasn't trying to write like a, uh, a parody of a, a western. It just started with this character, and that just felt like a, a fun world. Mm-hmm. When when you write these um, humor books, so how much attention are you paying to stuff that's not the jokes? Uh, I, yeah, I. Not a lot. Like when I when I started writing it, um, I kind of I didn't really think through the story. Like I said, I don't like to sit down and plan, so I just started writing it from I guess the beginning, and then didn't know what the story was going to be, and kind of just um, take it chapter by chapter, and um, and then go back later and kind of like repiece things or whatever. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's always the jokes are always the fun part, and then figuring out like sometimes I would write myself into a corner. Where I'm like, well, I don't know. Where where it goes from here, and then I have to kind of like mm-hmm. uh, uh, play with it a little bit. But uh, I guess it's you, you do have to spend a lot of time thinking about things that aren't jokes, which sucks because that's <laughs> that's where all the fun is. But um, but it ended up being kind of a big story. It spans like fifteen years, and there's like a huge body count, and uh, it's it's kind of like structurally became uh, an epic, I guess. And uh, I didn't think it was going to turn out that way because I. I really didn't care if the story was good because, uh, like, you know, Jack Andy wrote a novel that's really funny, and there's barely any story there. And John Swartzweather's novels are kind of meandering sometimes, and I don't care because they're funny and the jokes are good. So mm-hmm. I was just trying to do something like that. But um, it's kind of surprised at how much fun I ended up having figuring out uh, figuring out the the story and stuff. And so your your second novel was uh, Contemptible Blue. Mm-hmm. 
Is that a parody of Moby Dick? Would you say, or, or? Uh, kind of? Uh, it's I, I had uh, read Moby Dick, uh, and uh, I thought, well, this is another fun place to uh, to put this character because um, there's a lot of opportunities for him to really, really screw things up uh, on a boat in the middle of the ocean. It's like very a very dangerous world for him to be. Um, so I just and, and it's really fun to like play with that that like antiquated language uh, the books what's funny to me about them is like um they're very anachronistic so this character he's like he very much talks like a, a person now but all the other characters are like That's rooted funny. in that genre so you know everyone else in the the first one speaks like uh you know uh, uh old west folks and he he just very much talks like somebody like you or i and it's it's just like a fun uh clash and it was really fun in the second one because everyone I had a lot of fun writing dialogue for the other characters in this kind of like antiquated, uh, you know, Moby Dick language. And then he's just like, and he uses words that like didn't exist back then. It just doesn't really right. make any sense, but it's it's really funny to me. Do you have to do like research for something like that? Uh, kind of, yeah. Actually, yeah, for the second one, very much so, because I wanted it to, you know, like the the nautical terms to like um, make sense, and I had to like research like what what is this part of the boat called? I don't. I, yeah. I was like, uh, so yeah, I was like. Uh, consulting the uh, what's it the uh, the glossary of Moby Dick a lot is that the word <laughs> yeah the glossary yeah. and uh, just kind of like cherry picking like fun terms to make it feel like um, like a you know a well researched nautical novel I guess right. I think I did an okay job. <laughs> <laughs> what's the uh, the humor book business like now? It seems like it seems like know. you gotta be like a celebrity to really get any traction. Yeah, I don't know. I think all the like um, humor books or most of them are like you know like memoirs and stuff. Um, not a. T- I don't think there's a ton of like, uh, you know, funny novels coming out. I, I, every so often, there's like a really funny book of uh, short stories and stuff. A lot. There's way more funny short fiction than there is, you know, long form novels. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I think the the biggest market for like humor books is like a, a memoir from a at least somewhat famous person. Right. Mm-hmm. It's funny because uh, I always think like, like George Saunders. I don't mm-hmm. know if you read him, but his, his short stories are often very funny. Yeah, he's very funny. Uh, but they're not considered humor books, which I think helps them quite a bit. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, he kind of he he sneaks it in there. Whereas like someone like Simon Rich, mm-hmm. uh, he he is considered humor mm-hmm. humor books. I think those get overlooked maybe because of that by like the normal population. Yeah, that might be true. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't read a ton of like funny funny books. I. Uh, I, I can't even remember. I guess Simon's new book is probably the last one I read, but I don't I don't keep up as well as I should as someone who like writes funny books. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just yeah. I get. I don't. I mean, I guess I don't know if there's many being made. That's probably the bigger thing. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's just maybe there's just not a huge demand for them. I think I think it's probably a a hard yeah. sell a hard sell for like a publishing house. I don't know. Yeah. Unless like you said, unless you're like a famous person already. Well, it's interesting though because it, it I feel like online humor pieces. Or maybe at their most popular now, maybe maybe more popular a couple of years ago, but yeah, it does seem like that. And I wonder if there's gonna like every so often there'll be like a um, you know like like the Mike Sachs book, like a, a collection of all his humor pieces. Every every so often something like that will come out, like a collection of you know this one writer's uh, you know published humor pieces from online or whatever. And I wonder if there's gonna be a a, a wave of those in the next couple of years. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I yeah, guess. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it'd be cool. I mean, the best McSweeney's pieces would be very cool. I don't know if that's like how that would work. Yeah, I. <laughs> they have to I pay wonder, people like they have to figure they, out how to do that. I think they do do that. Oh, think, they do like a quarterly I, or yeah, something. Yeah, I think so. Every couple of years, they yeah. put out like a collection, or I think sometimes they put out themed collections, like the best pieces about blank. I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm not. I'm not sure. I think I have a couple of those, but mm-hmm. yeah. What do you think are the hallmarks of a good humor novel? Oh, of a good humor novel, I don't know. I, uh, I guess just, uh, I guess just, and this goes for like novels or short pieces or whatever. I think um, just a lot of surprises is good. Um, not necessarily like twists in a story or anything, but just uh, it, you in in humor writing, you know, for the page or whatever, you can really like sneak up on people with a joke and like they, uh, you can kind of start a sentence in a very normal way and right. then twist it into a joke before the re- reader even realizes it and i always really appreciate that that's just you know one example of like a way to surprise a reader 
Um, uh, and uh, what else? I don't know. I, I, it's all a matter of taste, but I, I like I said, I don't really have a very uh, uh, dry sense of humor, so I like hard jokes, I guess, mm-hmm. and um, you know, nothing that that feels too. Uh, <laughs> polite i guess uh I, I don't know i guess it's all a matter of taste but um uh yeah just um i, I like things to be very colorful and and uh you know joke filled i guess polite's a, a funny way to put it because yeah uh i do feel like there's a lot of like pieces like that where they're very i don't know i don't want to say intellectual either but like very much you're supposed to like think like oh this is funny yeah like uh there's a lot of like uh uh Ernest Hemingway's latte order and shit like <laughs> yeah. that. I'm like, yeah. yeah, all right, buddy, I get it. You went to college. You're smarter than me. I don't care. <laughs> well, all, that's also like it's like Mad Libs at a certain point. Where yeah, like, yeah. You can kind of plug a yeah plug a you know uh, Jane Austen uh, Tinder bio or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and you most recently worked on uh, Miracle Workers. Mm-hmm. How did that job come about? That was um, I had uh, I had been working with an agent for. Uh, maybe like a year or two and then i think he just submitted um a pilot script that i wrote to simon um while he was staffing the show and then i think simon liked it enough to um check out you know my my published work online and um and to anyone who writes like short humor pieces this will kind of reaffirm that it kind of is a worthwhile thing is um he told me that he decided to hire me based on this one humor piece that he read and he he liked enough to you know, kind of like take a gamble on giving me a job. So, um, sometimes that, that stuff really does, uh, uh, get you somewhere, yeah. you know, I, I had, uh, Mitra Juhari on the show. Yeah. I, she's awesome. I think she talked about, she also got like hired because of a humor piece. Yeah. He's, he's, um, I think he has this philosophy where if you can write, like if you can write a funny humor piece, then you can write a funny show probably. Or if uh-huh. you can write, a funny uh, play, then you'd probably be fine in a writer's room. He, I think he likes to um, kind of break newer writers, like mm-hmm. people who haven't really been uh, uh, hired on anything yet, um, and to kind of give them a shot in a writer's room. And he really does pull people from all different worlds. Like um, there was like one writer who I think had like a more of a theater background, but he wrote funny plays. And then he has some like humor writers, like, you know, online writers and, uh, you know, um, so he and then like you know seasoned TV people. So he he I think he can he likes to play with uh, just people from different worlds and put them together and see what happens. That's really interesting because you don't need to have any sort of uh, like pilot. I mean, I guess it's good if you've written a pilot, but beyond that, it definitely helps because yeah. um, if if you're trying to get into TV. Oh well, yeah. I mean, I'm saying yeah. If, if for business stuff, yeah, you need oh, a pilot. Oh, I'm just sure, saying sure. in general, like it doesn't really matter if you've written TV before to write TV or something. Yeah, yeah. Because it's mostly just pitching jokes and whatnot, and talking or talking pitching story. Yeah, yeah. And I think he, uh, you know, he knows that he can um, like oversee things competently because you know he's been in TV since he was like what like 20 or something. Yeah. So if it's like, you know, if uh, I think if the experiment goes wrong and this like uh, eclectic uh, selections for writers uh, doesn't work, he can kind of like steer the ship competently. And I don't know. This is just me. This is just my read uh, mm-hmm. uh, having worked there. But uh, yeah, he's he's just really, really good. Do you think the the room like was different because of all those backgrounds? Like in a... In a... I don't know. It's hard because I... Uh, that was my first writing job, so I didn't really have anything to com- to compare it to. But I will say it it definitely uh, I think it worked really well. It was a really um, like fun, good group, and uh, it was very focused and uh, efficient. It was re- it was really fun. It's a really really fun show. What was that like transition like from doing like kind of stuff on your own to like being in a TV uh, writers room? It was kind of hard at first because um, I went in feeling confident that I could like you know pitch jokes or you know like help um you know figure a character out but I never really felt confident as like a uh, a story person even though I wrote two novels but you know those the those are structurally a mess uh, on purpose so I I I'm not, I didn't go in with a great instinct for like story and like you know how you end an act of a TV show um so it was kind of like a a crash course that was kind of intimidating at first but once I started to um like get it a little bit more it just became really really fun but yeah the transition was kind of uh kind of scary did you have to go to la yeah i went out there for uh it was like four months did you like la 
Yeah, it was cool. Uh-huh. I um I mean, you're the New York guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. It was a uh, it took me a little little while to get used to it. I think um if I was able to settle in more, I would really really love it. Mm-hmm. But uh you know, I went there with like no car and no uh-huh. like stable place to stay. It was just like Airbnb and you know, bouncing around from like friends' couches to hotels to Airbnbs and stuff. So I it took a while to like settle in, but I think if I could like, you know, uh plant my feet there it would be I, I would like it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But it's cool. And uh the show's based on Simon Rich's novel. Mm-hmm. What was it like, like adapting the novel into the show? Uh well uh we we kind of um it's not super similar to the novel. It's like the characters are, are essentially the same, but um just adapting it to uh uh for a seven episode T V show you just have to um find these you know little subplots and stuff and you know there's a lot more characters obviously so it was really just like kind of a jumping off point and then um it it ended up being i think pretty different from the novel Mm -hmm. was it was it nice that it's like a a self-contained story like you don't have to worry about continuing on and on and on yeah yeah it's um it it was fun to write it knowing that uh you know it was gonna uh wrap up neatly at the end and you just you know exactly like how it has to end. You don't have to keep it like open ended in case there's going to be a second season. So it's mm-hmm. it's nice to know exactly what you're like working towards and how it's all gonna gonna wrap up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why do, why do you think there's been so many uh, shows about like heaven right now? Because there's like good I don't know. Place, I was reading uh, forever. I was reading an article about that. Like yeah, with that. Why are there so many after afterlife comedies? And I uh, maybe it's just like a an escape thing. People are. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> People are sick of this world, and they want to just, you know, uh, live in a different world for for a little while. Yeah. And I think that's the same with like why there's so many, uh, you know, like superhero movies now, and so many like, uh, you know, so much fantasy stuff. I think it's just all, all about uh, escapism. Maybe I don't know, because I, you know, I I like all those shows. I, I they're like all the, very different. Y- yeah, I I love The Good Place. I love uh, Russian Doll, but I hmm. can't really say. I mean, I could say why I like them, but I can't say why it's like so um, like comforting to to watch a show that takes place in you know like a a, another world or whatever right Mm -hmm. what's uh what surprised you at working in tv uh let's see i I don't know i guess um uh on this show i was surprised at how um like efficient it was i guess i like i i I had friends who were already um you know like in the uh tv industry and you hear stories of like yeah we were there till like you know midnight trying to figure this thing out and I was surprised at how uh, efficient it was. It was like, you know, you start at 10 o'clock on the dot, you break at noon on the dot for lunch, and then you leave at 6 o'clock on the dot. There was, like, very few times where we had to, like, stay past, uh, you know, 6 or whatever. So Mm -hmm. I think I went in expecting, like, a really, really crazy, hectic environment, and it just wasn't that at all. It was just a very, like, pleasant, fun, pleasant, fun room that Mm -hmm. uh, ran really smoothly. So that was a a pleasant surprise. Mm -hmm. Did you get your own episode? Uh yeah, I wrote episode uh six, the penultimate episode. Mm-hmm. So what was it like uh writing that like once you were like I guess everyone broke the story and then mm-hmm. you took it took it away? Yeah, it was really fun. I mean, um uh it's it's fun to just, you know, know what has to happen, but you can it, and it's the story is broken by a bunch of people, but there's still opportunities to like, you know, put your own uh you know, put your own fingerprints on it or whatever and mm-hmm. you know, sneak jokes in that you didn't pitch you didn't think of like, you know, in the room and kind of sneak them in there and surprise surprise people with them uh it's really fun was there was there a joke that you like really fought hard to keep in or something oh man uh let's see i'll have to think about that there there definitely was i think there was more jokes in other episodes that i fought to keep in Mm -hmm. and i didn't actually never like fought Uh, i'm not gonna (laughs) be like simon rich you're wrong about this (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i don't know i haven't uh i haven't my episode's not out and i for all I know, like a lot could have changed oh, since right, yeah. you know the the last script I read. So uh, I don't know. I don't know exactly what got cut and uh, what stayed in, but I know which jokes I really hope are still. In there, <laughs> so we'll see in a couple of weeks. What would you like to be doing next? Uh, more television, ideally. Um, I really, really like um, working. I really liked working in narrative TV, and I think that's what I want to do. I'm really not cut out for. Uh, like I said, I'm not very good at like topical stuff or you know like. Um, ripped from the headlines type of stuff so i'm mm-hmm. and i i do like late night packets and they're always uh <laughs> they're always bad I'm just, it's just <laughs> not my not my strength so 
I really want to do more narrative stuff, and then mm. also uh, just want to like you know keep uh, doing the little humor pieces, and hopefully the uh, third book in the the trilogy will be out hopefully next year. Mm-hmm. It's kind of kind of slow moving because I'm busier than I used to be, right. but uh, yeah, hopefully that'll be done by this time next year. Late night packets suck to do. Yeah, it's so hard. The monologue jokes, I mean, because it's like hard, it's so hard to write a monologue joke that you're not like disgusted by. I know, and it's uh, I always run into like, um, you know, like all right, this packet is due uh, in a week, and, and you know, I'm like, all right, I'll sit down and I'll write some monologue jokes, and then I lose steam. So and then like I I try to finish it like the day before, and then those monologue jokes that I wrote five days ago are already like. No I one even that. remembers that this happened because things <laughs> happen so fast. But uh, yeah, those are those are so hard. I mean, people are good at them. I'm I'm very jealous of people who are good at like late night stuff and can write. You know, those monologue writers write like four or five pages of jokes a day. I don't know how you do it. That's no, crazy. That's nuts. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I think we're we're gonna wrap up with you giving your thoughts on a humor piece oh, idea cool. that I have. Okay. Um, so it's basically the best movies of the year. By a guy who only saw Reservoir Dogs. Oh, I love it already. And so he's like, you know, Star is Born is about Lady Gaga, but the real star that I saw this year was Tim Roth as Mr. Orange. <laughs> That's great. Uh, yeah. So the headline is, uh, the <laughs> best <laughs> the movies of the year <laughs> as ranked by a guy who only saw Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, cool. Hey, thanks for, uh, <laughs> thanks for giving me, uh, yeah, an inside look at the your new humor piece. Thanks for coming on the show. Anything you want to plug? Uh, you can watch Miracle Workers on TBS uh, Tuesdays at ten thirty uh, for the next uh, four weeks. Mm-hmm. I don't know when this is coming out. It's coming out. Hey, I got big news coming out tomorrow. Whoa, crazy! Yeah. All right, yeah. So for the next four weeks, you guys can watch Miracle Workers on TBS. Uh, very, there's a very funny Bill Maher joke. Uh, yeah, God wants to blow up his penis because he's an atheist or whatever. It's <laughs> yeah. very, very funny. <laughs> uh, all right, thanks for coming to the show. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. This has been a Boardwalk Audio podcast. For more information and shows, visit BoardwalkAudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now.